and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us again is our friend Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, both. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. Uh, this is another episode in our 13 Days of Halloween, where for the 13 days leading up to Halloween, we talk about a film in the horror thriller genre. And today's movie is Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Yeah, so, you know... In the years since this movie's come out, and especially in the years since 2015, I have heard some people refer to this as the Force Awakens of the Halloween universe. <laughs> and I will say that in the, I've watched it a couple times since then, and I kind of have to agree. This is, this certainly has echoes, fairly strong echoes of the original Halloween. Um, and we can talk about that in this episode, but, um, this is 10 years later. <clears throat> Michael Myers has been in a, sanitarium since Halloween night and this does consider Halloween 2 to be canon so he and Dr. Loomis were burned at the end of Halloween 2 um, they decide to transfer Michael to another facility he escapes during that that, that uh, process and returns to Haddonfield because as we learn Laurie Strode who was played by Jamie Lee Curtis in the first two Halloween movies um, she her character has since passed away but she has daughter named Jamie and Jamie is I guess Michael's what niece mm-hmm. um, and so Michael is coming to Haddonfield to find Jamie Dr. Loomis is in hot pursuit and then it becomes your standard Michael walking through Haddonfield killing people <laughs> uh, so yeah Grant what did you think of this <clears throat> so Halloween 4 is a sort of you know, return to, to Michael Myers after the, um, well, the experience of Halloween 3, uh, which has got rid of him. And so this was, I think, a real return to form for the franchise. Um, I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, I think, you know, you've got a good cast here. Jamie Lee Curtis didn't return, but you've got Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, uh, who's always brilliant in these films. You've got Danielle Harris plays Jamie Lloyd's the Michael Myers' niece and Ellie Cornell, who plays um, the stepsister of uh, of Jamie Lloyd. Um, what I think is so good about Halloween Four is the threat level of this film is quite high. Um, and what I mean by that is that Michael's after a, a little girl in this film. He's not after a, a teenager or a um, you know an older an older woman as he was in in, in Halloween One and Two. And that, that, that's quite threatening when you think about it. Uh, and what it does as well, it changes the dynamics. It's much less of a sort of cat and mouse game between Michael and Jamie, and much more of a cat and mouse between Michael and Jamie's band of sort of protectors. So that's Ellie Cornell, Donald Pleasance, um, Sheriff Meeker, who's played by Bo Starr. Uh, and that creates like quite a nice little patchwork of characters around Jamie. Mm-hmm. And I buy into that when I watch the film. Um, and what you've said, Matt, is, is is true in terms of the, you know, it evokes memories of, of the first movie. Michael escapes in a sort of kind of similar type atmosphere. It's a rain-swept night. They're going to transfer him. Transferring Michael Myers around Halloween is a stupid thing to do, but they always <laughs> like to do it. Um, and, and so it starts off very much like um, like like the first movie. Um I think as well, the film has a great sort of siege mentality, which makes me feel like I'm watching a John Carpenter film at times. 
So for quite a lot of the film, our, quite a lot of quite a major bunch of our cast are sort of holed up in, in Sheriff Meeker's house. Um, they're sort of under siege from Michael Myers, who's outside. And that's quite claustrophobic and how it, how it works out in the film. Um, in the, inside the house, it's all dimly lit and there's lots of shadows and you're not quite sure if Michael Myers has got in or not. Um, and I think that works really well in the movie. And then the last thing I'll say before I hand it back over to you guys is... Um, oh, sorry, no, I will say two more things. But one of them is uh, Halloween 4, I think, is very good at... Um, setting up what is a brilliant cliffhanger ending. Uh, the end of this movie is quite shocking for the first time you watch it. Um, uh, uh, and that works really well for me. I think the other thing I will say, uh, Halloween Kills, which was the most, re- so far, um, until later this week, the most recent entry in the franchise, um, dwells quite a lot on sort of themes of vigilante justice and mob violence. Uh, Halloween 4 sort of tackled that a lot earlier on in the franchise um, and I think in a much better way actually um, and yeah so I'll leave it there so I think I've seen this movie now two or three times and I, I do like it I think a little better each time and it may be the best of the Halloween sequels that I have seen um, but the best part about the movie I have to say is the opening credits I love the the images of like the the Midwest landscape, autumnal Midwest landscape with some you know rather creepy Halloween decorations. I, I love that opening, and I, I wish I mean if the movie had been able to sustain that tone throughout, I mean that would have been really something. Instead, after that, it becomes kind of a pedestrian slasher film. But it does have those elements, Grant, that you were pointing out, which I think the stakes do feel higher because Michael is after this young girl. And and I, and I like the characters around her who are protecting her, um, uh, particularly uh, the character played by Ellie Cornell, who is kind of very Laurie Strode-like, and she's likable, and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I care about her a lot. Um, so... She's good, but, then, but all the other characters, and yeah, like you mentioned, Donald Pleasance, who's who's over the top, but but wonderful in the movie. Um, so yeah, it, it's it starts off really strong with the, with the opening credits, but it becomes uh, a pretty strong slasher sequel. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, now the opening credits are really good. Um, the cinematographer for this was uh, Peter Lyons Collister, who I'm not familiar with much of his other work, but those opening credits, uh, and I would say it's, it's weird. It's only half the opening credits. And then mm. like midway through the opening credits are like, okay, we're done with these still shots of the Midwest <laughs> and we're going to start in on the actual movie. It's fine. But no, those opening credits still shots are, are quite evocative, quite good. I feel like the whole movie to me feels really autumnal. Um, I don't know when it was shot, but, you know, the, I've always been a fan of the streets of Haddonfield on Halloween night. Um, and it's kind of why I like, you know, the original Halloween. The original Halloween is, is very, to me, atmospheric. It has a vibe to it that I like. Um, when we talked about Halloween 2 a couple of years ago on the show, I remember saying how one of the things I was kind of disappointed in with Halloween 2 is 
it's only the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes at most of, of that movie where it's the streets of Haddonfield on Halloween night. And then it moves into this desolate <clears throat> hospital. And I mean, I remember when it becomes clear, like this is where the movie's at now. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, this movie is really good. I, I love the, the Halloween, the, the houses we see, you know, this is very like, you know, um, you know, hundred year old houses, you know, in a, in a Midwest America look and feel with, you know, the Halloween decorations out. And, um, I, I, I quite, I, I quite like that, uh, about it. Yeah. And, you know, this does have callbacks to the original it has, as Grant mentioned, the, the transfer of Michael and how he escapes. There's a scene here where Jamie, Michael's uh, niece is being picked on at school by her, 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 classmates kind of like i think tommy jarvis was back in is it tommy jarvis is tommy jarvis the one from friday the 13th or halloween i don't know his name was tommy tommy okay so tommy when he's being picked on on halloween um this is what has echoes of that there's a scene where uh rachel who's you mentioned actually the ellie cornell uh, plays her uh she's like um jamie's adoptive older sister like um She's in the car with her girlfriends and they're talking about the boy they like. And I mean, that's totally out of the first Halloween. Uh, so yeah. And of course you have Dr. Loomis in this, which I really, I, I can't say how much I miss him in these, oh, in these newer <laughs> movies. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I, I, I love this, the look and feel of this. I, um, I, uh, I, I like it actually the more I see it. Every time I rewatch it, I, I like it a bit more. It's funny, Grant, you talk about the very last scene, um, the, the cliffhanger part of it. To me, that really worked the first time I saw it. Um, now every time I see it since, I, I have, I laugh a little bit and I, I'm laughing a bit at Donald Pleasance being over the top with it, which works the first time I saw it. Which I guess you could argue, like, that's the only, that's all it needed to do was work the first time. But now, like, I don't know. Now it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's just so over the top. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I, I quite like this. Um, I, I think it's from, from my money, the best of the Halloween sequels. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, throw it back to you, Grant. I was going to say that I think uh, uh, in terms of its quality next to the rest of the sequels, I think you'd find it hard to argue against the case that you know both of you have sort of made. Um, and you know, on Donald Pleasance, I completely agree. I think the franchise has never recovered from losing him, um, and he is like a talisman of this these films and um, particularly in four, I think, yeah, you know, he is, he is a bit over the top, um, but he's such a screen presence when he's on screen. Mm-hmm. And if you think of, if you took Dr. Loomis out of these films, they, in many ways, particularly Halloween two, Halloween four, Halloween five, they kind of collapse like a paper sort of, you know, model would, because he's the, he's the real fulcrum of these films for me. And, and this sort of, timeline of the franchise. Uh, I think there's a great scene with Donald Pleasance and um, uh, the Reverend Sayer in a truck where, um, <laughs> you know, Sayer says, 
uh, you can't kill damnation. Don't die like a man does. And Donald Pleasance just says, I know that, Mr. Sayer. <laughs> and the way he says that is just oh, um, brilliant. Uh, I wanted to add, uh, there's one scene in this film which really creeps me out, and it's the, uh, it's the rocking chair scene. Oh, so it's yeah. where they're, they're, they're in the house and um, one of the policemen is, um, Deputy Logan, is supposed to be sitting in a rocking chair guarding the front door. And you see a shadow or you see the, a silhouette of somebody sitting on that rocking chair rocking back and forth. Um, and as uh, the sheriff's daughter goes over to take the coffee uh, to who she thinks is Deputy Logan, um, the camera sort of zooms out a little bit and the lighting changes and you see the dead body of, of Logan in the corner <laughs> of the room and the silhouette gets up from the rocking chair and you know that it's Myers. And I think that, that's a really great little scene. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, there's lots to like here. Um, and I, I think we should, we should also, you know, we've mentioned it, but give a really big shout out to, shout out to Danielle Harris. I think as a child actress is superb in this movie and it can be really difficult right because the line between annoying and good performance um, in a horror film for a child actress could be quite quite a difficult one to tread and I think she treads it really well I think she's brilliant in this movie I agree I would agree yeah I agree and I mean she's kind of the focus of the film and if if it was an annoying actress young actress in that role then it would have been hugely problematic yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned the rocking chair scene because I love that scene as well. It's one of my favorites. And you had brought up the earlier the um, kind of the this theme of vigilante justice and the this kind of posse of rednecks that they that come together to try to hunt down Michael Myers. I find them hilarious. I don't know, I don't know if they're supposed to be a joke. I assume they are, but they're just so inept and so. Um, <laughs> they make things so much worse. Uh, but I don't know. It seems to be making a statement about that. It, well, it's interesting. Um, maybe, maybe not. If it's yeah. making a statement, I feel like it's making a statement in a much more subtle way than Halloween Kills did. Right. <laughs> um, and maybe it's because of the times we're in right now and, and, and when Halloween Kills was made. But one thing I think I'm, I've always been okay with this posse. And I do think they are kind of laughable. I mean, you know, um, and, and <laughs> I don't think they help anything really. Although I will say, no, toward the end, I mean, they're there for for Jamie and Rachel. Yeah. I mean, they're there for them. I mean, they're and they're not terribly helpful ultimately, <laughs> but they're there for them, and I think that that's useful. I think one reason I'm more okay because from the very first time I saw this movie, even up until now. I have actually been proponents of this posse because of the context of, of the movie. All right. So Michael, and it happens off camera and I think it's great. Now, you know, if this movie were made today, they would have to show the scene, but they don't in this movie, but Michael off camera wipes out the entire Haddonfield police force at the police station. Um, so Loomis and the sheriff arrive back and find the devastation and it's powerful, you know, and when Loomis and, and the sheriff are leaving the police station, the posse rolls up and they're like, want to know what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And the sheriff's trying to keep control, which I appreciate. But Loomis just lets it roll. He's like, <laughs> like Michael Myers is back. He's done messed up the police. Um, 
And and the posse is like, okay, we're going out looking for him. And the sheriff's upset with Loomis for a moment. And Loomis is like, you don't have a police force, you know? And I think within that context, mm-hmm. I am totally okay with this posse. <laughs> I'm like, they need all the help they can get. Because the state police are on their way, but aren't there yet. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Of course, one of the first things they do is murder an innocent person. <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. Um <laughs> Shit, Earl is Ted Hoster. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what would you give this out of 10? I'll give Halloween 4 8.5 out of 10. I'll give it an 8. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> six, 6.5. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's, uh, that's uh, Halloween 4. Grant, thank you for uh, being part of our show as always. It's been a pleasure and thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you.